Isaiah chapter 42 is where we're going to be at tonight. And I am just going to tell you, I'm really excited about this lesson, just like I am every lesson that I prepare. But this one especially, because you can probably guess who the servant is. Um, probably somebody that we all love very much. But I want to kind of get us into the thought. Isaiah chapter 41 we see the Lord promising the offspring of Abraham, the true people of God. And for you that are visiting, we're walking through the book of Isaiah, not necessarily uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, last week we were in Isaiah 39, but we've moved on now to Isaiah 42. But in Isaiah 41, we see the Lord promising the offspring or the the seed of Abraham, the people of God, that the Lord will be with them. And if you'll look real quick, probably a familiar passage from Isaiah chapter 41, uh, starting in verse eight, it says, but you, O Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I uh, have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. In verse 10, it says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And verse 20 uh, also has a powerful thought. It says, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created it. There was a problem that was happening amongst the people. They still wanted to worship and be involved with idols. And God said that he's going to take broken people. He's going to take sinful people. And despite those problems, he's going to bless them. He's going to uh, reverse their fortunes. And at the end of Isaiah chapter 41, God asked this question starting in about verse 21. He asked the people to tell them if any of their idols would be able to do this. If any of the idols that they worshiped, would they be able to reverse their fortunes and change their lives? We know the answer to that, and they probably did as well. The answer is a absolute no. But God, the one who rules over the earth, has the power to change our lives. Amen? He still has the power today, would you not say that this statement is true, to change our lives. What an awesome thing to know that our God is a God who can change lives. Now that's who I want to serve, somebody who can change my life. See, those who trust in the Lord will have nothing to fear because God is with them, right? He's strengthening us. He's helping us. He's upholding us. The question then in the context is, how is God going to accomplish this? How is he going to show his people this broken people and radically change their lives and bless them? Well, we come to Isaiah chapter 42. And the explanation of how this will happen lies here. If you would, look with me at verses 1 through 4. Behold... 
my servant, whom I uphold, my elect one, and whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastland shall wait for his law. I've got something in my notes that I, I really wanted to wait to get to. But if you guys know me, Erin knows me really well. That's why she doesn't tell me to keep any secrets because I'm going to spill the beans, right? I have to say something right here before we get started. What we see right here from Jehovah is excitement. What we see from Jehovah, the almighty creator of everything, is excitement. Because what he's about to talk about is his son. And he cannot hold back any longer. Now think about that. Think about the almighty, the creator of everything, and the excitement that he has when he first starts the verse... Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect or my anointed one in whom my soul delights. The message of the Lord begins with God saying that he has a servant and it is a chosen one. And this one he upholds and he delights in him. And consider that. To uphold something in the Bible, in the Hebrew, it means that it will not fail. So what does God do? He tells of this servant who will not fail. And he talks of this servant that he delights in. I delight in donuts. How about you? It's a big violation on the diet that I'm on. So I just needed to say that. I love chocolate glazed, uh, whatever, really, the Long John's, right, with the cream filled, whatever. Any type of donut right now would probably be great with some milk, right? <laughs> Heated up out of the microwave, come on now, really? The Lord says that this servant, this one that is his chosen one, he delights in him. And if the Lord delights in His servant, then it probably is a good indication that it's somebody that we should delight in also. Amen? If the Lord finds joy in this servant, then we should do the same, right? We should do likewise. The Lord says this though. He says that He will put His Spirit upon him. And this is a reference in the Old Testament. It talks about, and, and our first point for the evening, I'm sorry, I meant to click on that, is the work of the servant, but we're going to move quickly past that. This reference of the Spirit being upon somebody was a reference as an anointed king, such as 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. It says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. It also is an illustration for 
for somebody being a prophet for uh, as such as Micah chapter three, verse eight, where the Bible says, but truly I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord and of justice and might to declare Jacob in his transgression and to Israel his sin. But do we recognize this servant? Do we recognize who he's talking about? You remember the Bible says in Luke chapter four, when Jesus picks up the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue and what does he say? He turns to this specific passage in Isaiah, not in Isaiah 42, but he says in the passage of Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. See, this servant will speak and act with authority of God and it will bring justice to all nations. Look at what it says in verse one at the end. It says, he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. The father is so excited about these things. The father is so excited about these things that will come. How about us? We're standing on the other side of the cross. We see all of this is developed. We know that Jesus came to this earth, that he died on the cross and that he was resurrected on the third day. We know that he ascended to heaven and we know that the gospel is the way that people are saved. Are we excited because of what this servant did? But the means by which this servant will bring justice is different. See, it's a different way. This, this king, it's not going to be like these other kings did. His justice will not be through aggressive or violent means. Notice verse 2, it says, He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. See, he's not aggressive and he's not violent. He will not cry aloud or raise his voice. The servant will not be a self-promoter. He will not be oppressive or a demanding king. Did he have tough situations to deal with? Absolutely, but that's not the point. See, he wasn't trying to exalt himself. How many times would Jesus, after he healed somebody, say, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. See, he won't be selfish. See, he won't, to, he won't attempt to elevate himself. You remember what Jesus said? If you want to be first in this kingdom, if you want to be the first in this family, you shall be last. But watch verse 3. And I want to spend just a little bit of time here. Verse 3 says, A bruised reed he will not break. And smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. See, this servant will not destroy the weak and rejected. He will care for the hurting and oppressed. Now we're getting into the personality of this servant. 
See, kings, they often cared more about accomplishments, right? Isn't that the problem with Pharaoh? How many years did the Israelites have to build these things over and over and over? And you remember when they complained or they tried to have a good idea to help their work? What would Pharaoh do? He didn't care how they felt. He just wanted to put his hand down on them even more because the job needed to be finished. Like getting a road built, right? Or getting something put up in the sky. But they could really care less who suffered in the process. But see, this servant, this anointed one will be like no other. He won't destroy the weak. He'll not crush the people. Broken people will not be destroyed by him. Rather, he'll bring justice to them. This brings up a great point, and it's something we must consider for ourselves. Think about your life for just a minute. Do we care for people in such a spiritual condition? Think about it for a minute. Really consider, not your neighbor, not your family member, really consider you for just a second. Are we careful? Are we helpful with spiritually bruised reeds? What about a barely burning wick? I got a candle and it smells so good in my house. But you know what happens? It burns out. It won't stay lit. It starts out so good and it's so bright and the smell is so cinnamon rolly, right? Not a donut, it's a cinnamon roll, all right? I mean, I like cinnamon rolls too. I wasn't even trying to get off on no food, but this thing smells good. But you know what happens? It starts out so bright and then it becomes so dim and it barely burns. Are we careful? Are we helpful with spiritually bruised reeds? And barely burning wicks? Or do we break those bruised reeds? Do we blow out those burning candles? We see Jesus shows tender love and concern for the people who have been broken by sin and broken by the false teachings of the law of Moses in his day. No wonder. Turn with me real quick to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, and watch this, and we'll come back to Isaiah, but just journey with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. The Bible says, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him. These great multitudes followed Jesus. And look at what it says. What did he do to these great multitudes? He healed them all. 
Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant whom I've chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory and in his name, Gentiles will trust. The father couldn't wait to talk about him 700 years before the Messiah comes on the scene. He could not wait. Brethren, can we wait? I got work, man. I got stuff I need to take care of, man. I got to get all this stuff done. Like I say every week and I plead with you, brethren, tonight people will die who are outside of the body of Christ. But this servant, he came not to break a reed that was bruised, not to blow out a candle that was barely burning, but he came to save. He came to seek those who were struggling, those who had a tough time. Brethren, are we? See, this is the one the Almighty says is the one whom his soul delights. What about us? Do we want the Almighty to delight in us? Look at verse 4 back in Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 4 it says, He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. What a powerful thought. Verse 4 shows that the servant will accomplish his mission. He will be faithful to the task given to him by the Lord and will not grow faint in his efforts to accomplish it. What does that say about our king? What does that say about Jesus? See, he already knew it. He he just had to tell it. I want to tell you about somebody. I want to tell you about a guy who loved you so much. You think that somebody loves you, but you have no idea about this person who loves you so very much. He loves you so very much, so much so that he stood on the cross and as he was about to die, this is what he said, when Jesus had received the sour wine, here's what our Messiah said. It is finished. He couldn't lift himself up anymore. He was wore out. They made fun of him. They took his clothes off of him. They laughed and they mocked him. He couldn't go anymore. And he said, it is done. Put yourself in the picture He bows his head and he gave up the ghost. 
all will wait for his instructions. Notice what it says. The whole earth is waiting for his law. This is an awesome thought. The hope of the world lies in the servant of the Lord, not in themselves. Brethren, the world is waiting for this servant and they don't even know it yet. Ring out the message. Amen. Ring it out. Ring it out. Have we become quiet? Are we not as excited as Jehovah was when he couldn't hold it in any longer to talk about this servant? What a challenge for us. He couldn't keep it in. The second thing to consider this evening is the call of the servant. Look at this. Verse 5. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens... And stretch them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk in it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. Total goosebumps on my arm. You want to know who's talking right here? The Almighty God. It's a surprise birthday. There's a surprise birthday that's going on and Jehovah says, I cannot keep it a secret. I got to tell you about somebody. The powerful Lord who gives life to the people is about to make a decree. The Lord will support the work of this servant. The Lord claims this servant because he's righteous. And because of that, the Lord, look at what it says. He says, I will hold your hand. Brethren, if I'm striving to be like Christ, who's holding my hand? Huh? Oh, the excitement. Oh, the joy that filled God's heart to know that this servant was going to do what nobody else could do. And he said, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to be with you. Then the Lord says this, I will give the servant as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations. The servant is the means by which the people will enter a covenant relationship with God. Brethren, we know all about that, don't we? You remember what Jesus said on, uh, when he was introducing the Lord's Supper in Matthew chapter 26, verse 28? For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. God knew this was coming and he couldn't wait to tell it. 
He will be a light to the nations. How is the servant a light to the nation? Verse 7, and we'll stop right here just for the sake of time. Because I'm telling you, this gets more powerful as we keep diving God is so excited to talk about this. And I want to tell you something. I hope that we are as excited to talk about our king. God knows that this servant is going to open blind eyes. He's going to bring out prisoners from the prison who sit in darkness from the prison house. The people are declared by God to be blind. They're uh, declared to be imprisoned and to be in darkness. But you know what this servant can do? He can save them. This is a picture of slavery of sin. This is a picture of being imprisoned by sin. One living in spiritual darkness. Brethren, here's the challenge For the week, this servant is given a worldwide task at this time in this thought. It's before Jesus comes along, but he's given this worldwide task to set people free from their spiritual enslavement. But we know, and God knew at this time, that he would not fail or he would not be discouraged as he did it. Brethren, will we go try to tell somebody about this servant. You know, when we get down to it, when we really get down to it, what does God want us to do? Love him first and then love somebody else, right? Paul said it like this, I owe it to somebody because they told me what I needed to do. Brethren, we owe it to somebody because somebody told us about the truth. Amen? How are we talking? How are we associating? What are the things that we're watching? What are the things that we're trying to do? I appreciate all that you guys do. And I don't think that I'm trying to rebuke you or say that you're not doing anything that you're supposed to be doing. But brethren, we can do so much more. So much more. The abilities that are in this building right now is ridiculous. The things that we could do for God's kingdom are incredible. We got a servant that did everything right so that we could have hope of heaven one day. Go out and be a light to the world, will you? Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Thank you, visitors, for being here. I hadn't even got started, so you definitely got to come back next week, right? Maybe you need prayers. We can pray with you, but maybe you need to render obedience to the gospel. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when he had told those Jews that they had killed the Lord and Christ, they said, what shall we do? He said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe today is the day that you're added to the greatest family ever. Whatever you need, please come right now. Together we stand and sing.